but then right the interesting flip side to that is it's almost like the blessing and the curse of ignorance right like willing ignorance and launching a startup up against you know going up against the largest players in the world not knowing just how difficult that undertaking would be and so that's kind of when we set out to to build this business banking platform because it, it didn't really exist that back then welcome to the tear sheet podcast i'm zach miller for U.S. entrepreneurs a few years ago, it must have been strange what was happening overseas. There wasn't one, but a handful of challenger banks launching that were changing the entire banking experience. Sign-up was quick. There was a buzz around their effects, lending, and spending products. But when you looked at what was happening domestically, well, the early neobanks hadn't really caught on. Novo's Michael Rangel set out to change that. And instead of focusing on the consumer, he went after the business customer, a harder and more complicated route to take. Novo now has a business banking platform in market and is going up against some of the biggest banks in the U.S. SMBs are underserved, and we talk about the approach Novo is taking for building its product for such a fragmented market. Mike describes how the massive opportunity for SMB banking requires a platform approach. We also discuss the dichotomy between digital banking for consumers versus SMBs and how Novo plans to bridge that gap. Michael Rangel is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Before we continue with our program, I'd like to thank our sponsor, MX, for supporting Tearsheet's work. MX is the leading data platform for banks, credit unions, and fintechs, enabling its clients and partners to easily collect, enhance, analyze, present, and act on financial data. So my name is Michael Rangel. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Novo, uh, where we have built uh, a new business banking platform that focuses on uh, today's companies really putting the power of the bank branch in, uh, in everyone's home. And where'd the impetus to, to build Novo come from? Sure. So that's actually a, a loaded answer that I have, <laughs> which I'm not going to get into. Get us up. Yeah. The color today. Um, but the, the shorter version of that is myself and my co-founder, you know, whenever it was maybe like four or five years ago, we were seeing what was happening across the pond with all the challenger banking activity. And we were thinking to ourselves like, damn, that's really awesome, right? It's very cool how innovation is really getting injected over there. How kind of everyone is on the same page with where the market should go and what needs to be instilled to really solve these problems. And then we're here, you know, in New York saying, why the hell is that not happening here? Right? Like, this is a massive problem over here as well. And it's interesting to see how, you know, this market is not necessarily following uh, with that same type of velocity. Um, but then, right, the interesting flip side to that is it's almost like the blessing and the curse of ignorance, right? Like willing ignorance and launching a startup up against, you know, going up against the largest players in the world not knowing just how difficult that undertaking would be. And so that's kind of when we set out to, to build this business banking platform because it, it didn't really exist back then. And, and so why choose banking as opposed to consumer? What was the thought process there? Sure, so consumer is just way more saturated, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's way more saturated both in banking and even FinTech. From a regulatory perspective, it's easier to get into consumer banking products than it is business banking products. Um, you know, with that said, like business banking has just been a very, very, very underserved market for a very long time in the US. Um, big banks, 
right, haven't invested a lot. Actually, you know, let's take a step back. If you think about uh, from a budgetary standpoint where big banks lie, right, there are really two ways that the pendulum swings. On the one way, you have the individual retail or consumer market where you have, you know, the likes of JP, uh, Bank of America, all of these big, big shops are investing millions upon millions of dollars, tying up a massive amount of internal resources to really crack that egg, right? And figure out how to develop a consumer product, which it might not make a whole lot of sense for Zach or Michael individually, but you know what? Everyone on the whole is basically the same as Zach and Michael. So if we develop this one product, it'll work in theory. On the other side where the pendulum swings, right, is just larger corporate accounts, right? So if you have a large firm or, you know, someone asking for some sort of additional functionality or some additional service, these banks corral a lot of internal resources around that because, you know, although they're smaller in number, that's where the wallets get, you know, a lot bigger. Um, so that's where they spend a lot of resources there as well. In the middle of that, you have small businesses, right? Super underserved market. And it's very difficult to address that market because it's very segmented. Right, what makes sense to Zach's small business might not make sense to Michael's small business. Right, so for a bank like Bank of America, Wells, City, etc., to invest millions upon millions of dollars and theoretically years of time in developing an internal product, right, for it to almost immediately become a valid, invalidated when being launched in market, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, so we saw a massive window of opportunity wherein you know small business banking has been incredibly underserved. Um, and, you know, we think that we have the chops in order to get in there and really take a wedge with our product and, you know, get it off the ground. And interestingly enough, like there hasn't been a whole lot of movement. They're starting to certainly be now, mm -hmm. um, but there hasn't been a whole lot just because it's very complex from a regulatory perspective to get involved. 91% of mobile banking users prefer using their app over going to a physical bank branch. But it's no longer enough just to offer an app. Customers expect, demand, a really good experience. That's where MX comes in. Its new mobile app, Helios, helps banks and credit unions stand out in today's world of mobile banking, going beyond simple transactions and account management. Does your mobile app get thousands of five-star reviews? Does it increase your engagement and lead to higher brand loyalty and ROI? Check out Helios by MX at MX, that's the letters M and X, Com. Got it. That, ma that makes a lot of sense. So can we talk a little bit about who that target um, small business customer is and, and what his or her pain points are? Sure. Um, first thing, right, if you just think about it from, from, a larger, <clears throat> from a larger perspective, when you think about banking in the U.S., there's a massive dichotomy, which you've already alluded to, between the individual retail market and the small business banking market, right? The majority of banks in the U.S., still don't have mobile applications for their small business checking accounts. That's nuts. It is incredible. It's 2019. Yeah. Right. And the ones that do have it are incredibly, incredibly limited. Like they don't allow you to do a lot of the functionality that a small business owner needs to be able to do. Um, I'm not going to name any names, but some of the arguably the more uh, quote unquote innovative banks right, do have these mobile business banking applications, but the functionality is limited to reviewing your transactions and reviewing your balances. That's it. For everything else, you need to go to the online portal, 
and submit, whether it be for transfers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So there's not a whole lot of functionality that a lot of these small business owners are able to leverage while mobile, even though that's where all businesses are really moving, right? And at the same point in time, all these small business owners are, guess what? Also individual consumers, right? So in their individual consumer lives, it's like, all right, my life isn't perfect, but it's not that bad, right? Like if I don't get the tools I need for my bank, there are other tools out there that help me, uh, whether it be, you know, PFM tools like Mint.com or Clarity Money or different things like that. It's not that bad. And then when I put my small business hat on, it's horrible. Like it doesn't make any sense, right? A lot of these business owners that we're seeing that are our customers are like, you know, in my individual life, it's okay. But then my business hat where there's actually more money, right? There are no tools, there's no service. And there's such a massive gap between, you know, doing nothing on the one hand and then QuickBooks, right? There, there's a massive, massive, massive gap. Um, and so that's just something that we're tapping into saying, you know, there's no reason as to why that same small business owner, uh, should have such different products in their individual life and in, in their small business life. Um, speaking to that second part of your question of, you know, what are the pain points? That is a massive pain point in and of itself. They want to run their business mobily. Um, and that's what a lot of our customers are saying, right? Um, they run their business, you know, on the go all the time. And why shouldn't the bank follow? Why do they have to be kind of limited and tied down in order to leverage their services? Um, that's one thing. Second thing is just everything is very cumbersome. Everything from the initial onboarding application, right? Signing up for the bank application itself is very time consuming all the way through to, you know, logging into the online portals, you know, using the limited functionality, whether it be, you know, the electronic transfers, um, customer service um, is very underwhelming. That's what a lot of our customers that are coming to us now are saying, right? That, you know, they, they haven't gotten the tools that they want from their other business banks and the service is uh, less than underwhelming. Is integration um, a big priority for them? It, it sounds to me like they're using um, lots of other applications. You named a few of them, QuickBooks. Um, is it important that everything kind of talks to one another? So, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. More so right now um, in theory, mm. right? There are connections that a lot of banks have, whether it be with accounting platforms, et cetera. When you actually think about banking, right? And you actually compare the way that banking is here with the way banking is, let's say, across the pond in Europe. Um, banking is incredibly siloed, right? You will never have, let's say, an account at Bank of America, and you'll never have your rep at Bank of America saying, hey, Zach, you know what? You should actually really check out this American Express credit card. It's a better product. It helps you with your business. And, you know, we just think that there's going to be more value in it for you. Like that will literally never happen, right? That's not in their business model. They want to own you as a business or a customer and own every aspect of it. So Novo's standpoint is we want to create all of these integrations with best-in-class services and different products in order to offer kind of this, this sense of a financial watchtower over our users, right? We're doing a lot of pretty cool stuff now in order to create this ecosystem 
where we are then able to alleviate a lot of this, this stress uh, that a small business owner wanted to deal with. Like the average business owner goes to, I think the number is around seven different online portals, you know, to then try and piece together all of that information back in order to get a better, clearer understanding of their financial picture, right? So like, that's crazy, right? That's a lot of wasted time, a lot of duplicative effort. And so there, there are different ways that we're looking to kind of bring everything and centralize it in order for uh, there to be, you know, one central uh, command center, if you will. For the business owner. And Michael, it sounds like from what you're saying, it's it's not just enough to get the two systems or multiple systems talking to one another. It's actually thinking through like the workflow for that small business person. Is, is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and that's, the, that's the thing why you haven't seen a lot of this, right? Just because different businesses have different workflows, right? And not only that, but then different, you know, banks or different companies have different ways that they like to integrate. Right, a lot of banks, for instance, only want to white label stuff. So that's why you'll go into your bank and you'll have some sort of bill pay feature, right? Which is super clunky. But th- there are very different ways that it has always been done before. And the way that we position Novo is kind of the inverse to that, right? We want to go out and say, listen, we know we are not the best in everything. We know we're pretty good at some stuff, and we want to go out and bring that value to our customers whether that's going out and creating integrations with, you know, we just launched one with Zero XCRO, mm-hmm. the uh, accounting platform, or, you know, we're going to be launching some other pretty big stuff here in the near future, which I wish I could disclose. Um, but uh, some pretty cool product improvements where we are going out and leveraging other third-party companies in order to facilitate different transaction types um, that have never existed in the U.S., um, and so that's something different that we're approaching the market with. So let's talk about some of the things um, that you do do well um, and, and describe like sort of, I guess, from a feature point of view, like what, what Novo is. Sure. So right, Novo is a small business checking account. And to be very clear, this is a small business DDA account or demand deposit account. Um, this is a full checking account. It's not a prepaid card, nothing of that nature. This would be effectively like a, like a substitute for a Chase, you know, checking account, city, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, I just kind of want to take this back into theory a little bit because there's a lot of marketing that surrounds a lot of these products. If you think about it, a checking account is only able to do three things. That's it, three things. Everyone's going to tell that they do dozens or hundreds of different things, but a checking account is only really able to do three things. It allows you to hold money, it allows you to receive money, and it allows you to send money. That's it. We just allow our customers to do that really easily, right? We allow them to do it very easily, starting with the onboarding process. The average Nova customer completes their applications in about 10 minutes from their mobile device, right? And they're able to open their accounts, you know, within a matter of days instead of weeks or even months. Um, of back and forth with banks. Um, so, you know, just from the outset, we're, we're, we're definitely positioning ourselves in a very different way to how it's been done before. From a functionality perspective, right, we allow everyone to process electronic transfers, right, from their mobile application. Um, this is via ACH. And we also allow, you know, people to make paper check payments. We don't give our customers paper check books, but we allow them to store 
you know, different payee profiles where they're able to say, you know, Zach Miller at 123, you know, ABC Street, and we will physically print uh, and cut a physical check on the back end and send it to, you know, Zach Miller for his services. Um, we also allow, you know, our customers uh, mobile check deposit and, you know, a few other features like that. Um, but that's really the core functionality of checking that, you know, we, that, that, that we tell we just do really, really well and just we make it really easy. Awesome. And, and to build all this, you, uh, you, you didn't go and get your own banking license. You're working with a partner. Can you talk about um, that process and how you decided upon the, the partner that you did? Yeah, sure. So that process was pretty interesting. Um, it was myself and my co-founder, Tyler, um, and we wanted to get into banking. And we saw how banking had always been done before, um, you know, from a startup perspective in the U.S., and it was all, you know, kind of following this uh, rent-a-charter model, right, or effectively kind of paying the bank uh, to operate like a bank. And we saw that, and given that we kind of had this very interesting story of how we built Novo, um, we didn't have a whole lot of money to run. You know, we were leveraging our savings, sleeping on couches and garages and stuff like that. And so we were like, okay, well, we're not going to be able to do that, number one. Number two, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do that and just because it doesn't allow you to really build a long-term sustainable business model. And so we started looking for different ways for us to get into banking. And that's when we found another problem that really no one was, was paying attention to at that time, is that community banks have been dying all the time. Right, these small community banks in the US, right, do not have the same resources, obviously, as some of the larger players. Um, since the passing of Dodd-Frank, right, compliance and regulatory costs ramp up. They then have to reappropriate formal budgets and do, you know, some creative ways uh, of, of, you know, finding the source of those funds because it's not like they were necessarily making more money than they were before, right? So they have to usually pull from marketing and technology budgets. That then puts them at a disadvantage to retaining their existing customer base as well as going on acquiring new ones. And we said, okay, well, that's interesting because that's almost like a perfect marriage between Novo's value prop and the community bank's kind of shortcomings. And we went out and we looked to, you know, filter through the entire banking ecosystem in the U.S. by certain criteria. Then we ended up finding our current bank partner, Middlesex Federal Savings in Boston, which literally could not be um, a better bank for us. Um, we joke that so. we joke that the, the the bank CEO is our third co-founder. We just see eye to eye on everything. Um, everything is all about you know customer first, customer first, customer first, and it's all about just building the best product. Um, you know, how do we go out and just delight the customer where they haven't ever received this service before? And that's a whole other, you know, piece of the community banking pie that I think is incredible. Community banking, you know, serves such a critical role in local communities, right? If you look back in time, right, they were there to be the ones who knew about local businesses. They knew how to help local businesses and how to prop up their community. And they had those relationships. 
but kind of what happened over time is these community banks are at such a severe deficiency, you know, compared to such larger banks that it makes it very difficult for them to compete, especially from a technology perspective. Um, and so kind of the, the vision here with Novo is let's bring the sense of, you know, community banking back to scale via technology, right? For you, let's say, Zach, for you to go into your local community bank and them saying, hey, Zach, you know, how's the family? How's the business? All this stuff. We saw you in the news. We saw you at the CB Insights conference. You know, it looks like things are going great, right? That obviously does not exist with bigger banks, right? The bigger banks don't know who Zach is, right? Zach is just, you know, a number on a spreadsheet somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is unfortunate, but that's just how it has to be when, you, when you're when you just at that high of scale. But then when you're in community banking, it's much more personal, right? It's much more relationship driven. And that's how we have always been from a Novo standpoint. And so, you know, kind of this collaboration between us and Middlesex is really, really strong and really meaningful just because we see eye to eye in that regard. Um, so, so let me ask you something like about, about that collaboration. Like how, what, yeah. what does it look like when you're talking about your product roadmap in the future and what does the collaboration look like, I guess, from a product point of view? Sure. Great, great question. Um, and what's really interesting about that is we said, this is like two and a half years ago now, you know, two, two and a half years ago is when we started having the discussions with, with Middlesex and it's been great because John at Middlesex sees Novo as kind of this vehicle that's going to be able to take the bank into the future from like a technological perspective, right? Which is why he's the, used their third partner, third founder. <laughs> there you go. Um, but so from a product roadmap, it's like, how do we grow alongside our users, mm -hmm. right? Our small businesses. Right now, the way that we've kind of structured it to date is we need to start with where the problem is the most severe, right? And we think that, that is with small business checking accounts. And so we kind of have coined that to be the quote unquote foundation to the financial stack for small business, right? Because no matter who you are, where you are, how mature your business is, every business needs a small business checking account to operate, period, no matter what, yep. right? Then there are a lot of other things that you're able to kind of layer on top of that um, over time, but that's over time. And meaning it's not a necessarily, it's not a necessity either, right? Whether that's credit cards or that's loans, whether it's lines of credit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, we can go on. So we kind of took this, uh, took this back step on the depository side of the balance sheet and we said, okay, we need to start here because if we're able to command the foundation of the financial stack, right, for the SMB, then, right, that's where we have a good foundation for further product improvements, whether that be in credit, whether that be in lending, whether that be, you know, in tangential areas, um, that, that, that's kind of where we were thinking there. Um, as far as a product roadmap is concerned, we have a really big um, belief that integrations is going to be key. It's going to be key for a couple of different things. One, it's going to make our relationships with our customers a lot stickier because we're able to offer something that other people can't. Um, and that's integrations into whether it's accounting providers, whether it's other products, whether it's other service providers, whether it's, you know, there are so many other, you know, things or types of businesses that want to partner with Novo because we kind of open up this arena 
that has never really been that open before from a banking standpoint. Um, one of the other things that we'll be working on, especially with Middlesex in the not too distant future is getting into, uh, getting into credit. That makes sense. Um, I guess we have time for one last question. Um, as you're thinking about that product roadmap that you just referred to, what's your, your personal, you know, biggest audacious goal, uh, for the rest of 2019? For the rest of 2019, hmm. Um, the big, my biggest, most audacious goal from a product perspective is not going to sound that audacious at all, but it's not going to sound audacious at all because it hasn't really happened, um, elsewhere. And that's to create almost like this quote unquote MVP, right? So the minimum, minimum viable product, um, to the financial ecosystem that we have around our core product. Hmm. Um, right. This gets back to kind of full circle where I was with you earlier in this talk. Banking has always been siloed in the U.S. Always. Banking has never been open. It's been very difficult to collaborate with other pieces of software, other products, et cetera, unless it's in, you know, in some sort of accounting platform. But from a strict banking standpoint, it's very hard to connect different things and provide value via integration. Um, that is our big audacious goal that hasn't happened from a banking standpoint. It hasn't happened from a core provider standpoint. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we're shooting for. Well, definitely keep us posted as, uh, as you start, as you continue to build on that vision. Michael, thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet podcast today. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the time.